Welcome to Both Down, a reintroduction episode, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. That you might be listening to for the very first time. And if you are indeed listening to us for the first time, that's the whole point of this podcast. My name is Steve Campbell, a.k.a. Kilowagi. And I am Scott Prime. My real name is Scott Delcine, but you're never going to find what? me like that on the internet. Oh my god, he broke he broke the mold, I people. Broke, I broke character for the first time, maybe. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. Uh, A.K.A. Fat Finley on the NAF. Right, and I'm Kilowog 1, which <clears throat> is where Kilowoggy comes from. Right. I don't, I don't honestly know why other than just sounds good. <laughs> Well, we are welcoming, hopefully, a bunch of new listeners to this episode, and uh, we just thought we'd kind of maybe not really reboot everything, but reintroduce ourselves since it's been five years since we started this thing. We have been going for five full years, almost. It's like off by a month. But anyways, close enough. Um, Yeah, uh, off by just a few weeks, actually. But new additions out, and got a lot to talk about, but we get mostly into that next episode and this is just going to be more about who we are why we do what we do and well some of the history of blood bowl as well and more importantly we're going to get you to know us so you know the history of us as well which could be interesting and it could not be interesting but yeah. some of you might be listening to the first time because i doubt anybody finds a podcast and goes back to number one and listens one through 62 episodes plus all the specials i, I always do do you really yeah if I listen to pot, it bugs me if I don't go back to the beginning. Do you listen to them if they are in like huge quantities, like in the hundreds? I have. Do you um, really? I am currently three years behind on a podcast. <laughs> three years behind? Yes. I started at episode one, and it's Harmontown with Dan Harmon. Okay. And they in it, they do like a and d thing, so... I wanted to be at the beginning, so I didn't miss any of the story. Okay, all right. So, yeah, I am three years behind. It's it's, it's weird. <laughs> Maybe four. No, I'm th- like three and a half, probably. That's amazing. Um, I listen to a lot of gaming podcasts, like board gaming. Yeah. Um, and if you're it's the first-time listener, I like to play a lot of board games. And so I'll go back and look through, like, their history, mm-hmm. and then I'll pick out here and there, like, you know, like, oh, they talked about this game. I'd love to hear what they had to say about this and that. But right. I don't usually start at the beginning. I have a lot of time to fill. <laughs> in my job, I do nothing but listen to podcasts for eight hours a day, pretty much. Well, even that sometimes gets old. It does. That's so, why I have Spotify. I gotcha. So, if uh, you are listening for the first time, let's kind of give a little bit of background who we are. As Scott said, he is a big gamer. Always has been for, I assume, all your life? Um, Board gaming, not so much. But I've... Always well. I, if you count miniature games, I've always wanted to be into right. them. Okay, and I never got into <clears throat> miniature games up until Hero Clicks, which was that was about two thousand one. Well, two thousand three, I think, for Hero Clicks. Yeah, Mage Knight came out about two thousand one. I played two games of Mage Knight. I don't remember if it was before or after Hero Clicks. Gotcha. I think it was before, or like right when it came out. Right. Before then, I played. I've played some Magic, played some Pokemon card game back in the old old days. Uh, I always wanted to play D anD D. Never really did. Played some tabletop like DC stuff with some friends that never went anywhere. But played a ton of video games, and I was never a hardcore gamer. 
but I enjoyed playing games. And then got into Heroclix, got into that big time, and once the store that we played at kind of, it went away, and the Heroclix scene went away, and Scott had the idea of, hey, I have this game I used to play a long time ago. Maybe we should play that. So how'd you start? My gaming, I think, started, I mean, <laughs> it might go far back as I never had the dungeon board game. But oh, I remember we did. that was great. I remember friends having that game and I just thought that was some epic craziness where you know you get to walk around, you get to walk into dungeons, you flip over a card. Yeah, if you're not familiar with it, it's the first board game Dungeons and Dragons ever put out. So you actually take you can do like five different roles and you try to go kill monsters to get treasure. Oh yeah, it's game. a very simple game. They released it years ago. My children love it. I, I still have my original game. We played that yeah. all the time. But I remember friends having that, and I really liked that game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like every kid, I had the copy of Monopoly and some other things, which yeah. we got into when we played it. We played the crap out of Monopoly for like three months, and then we stopped. I never played Risk. I just <laughs> didn't have any friends who had it, or the ones that did didn't know how to play. I then got into role-playing games. Uh, we started with the Marvel role-playing game that was made by TSR, yeah. the same people who made Dungeons & Dragons. So I had a buddy who had that, and then I moved on to, I thought I was going to find my own niche, you know, and be the game master for the DC role-playing game. We did that for years. Um, we played other variant. Um, what's the one? Shadow? Shadow Run? Shadow, we played some Shadow Run. We played... Mutants and Masterminds? No, I never played that one. There was a few more we played, but... It was nothing really big. Played a little bit of Star Frontiers, which was like the D&D version. Of, it wasn't D&D version of space. It was made by TSR. It was okay. really, really simple. Played some Traveler role-playing game, which we all played very, very wrong. It was uh, pretty nuts. <laughs> the The Game Master <laughs> had like all the little stat things and table charts mixed up. And it was like, well, the, you can't fight these guys. They have this thing called a vac suit on, and which is just a... You know, a spacesuit. But <laughs> according to his chart, like only certain weapons could damage them. It was just nuts. It was looking back, we laughed to this that day. It seems like a consistent theme with kids and board games. I mean, you, we you just read enough to know how to play and then make up the rest. I just remember we had these guys come around the corner and they have vac suits on. And it's like, well, who has a broadsword? Because only people with broadswords can hit these guys. It was, it was the silliest thing ever, but we had so much fun with that. Um, Met some more gamers, got into, uh, obviously, more role-playing like Star Trek, Star Wars. Um, That's about how old? This was uh, early college. Oh, okay. Um, in between there, though, uh, during our time of playing the DC and the Marvel role-playing game, me and one of my friends, Gary, uh, he uh, had a birthday, and we were out at this place called Hobby Shop down in Oklahoma City. And um, there was a copy of this game called Blood Bowl, and we had to find out what that was. And then we found out it was actually in the uh, Warhammer, kind of set in the Warhammer Fantasy universe. And we picked up the Warhammer Fantasy books to role play a little bit. And we were kind of in love with that universe, so like it was a done deal. It was his birthday. He had money. We bought Blood Bowl. We came home. We got right into it. It was sports. This is the second edition? This is second edition Blood Bowl with the Styrofoam field and everything. 
and all of us played sports of some kind. My other two buddies played. They were really heavy into soccer. I was more into football and wrestling. So this fit the niche. Blood mm-hmm. Bowl did. And we played. We took everything out of the box. And every time a white dwarf would come out, we would just add those rules to the rules. And when we got the star player book, we just added. We just remade all the teams. We didn't change the records. We just kept going with the flow. And we thought that everybody played Blood Bowl with the 40 teams in the little book that it came with (laughs) and everybody played a 16 game schedule. So me and two other friends divided up all the teams. We had each had control of 13 teams each. And we had one rotating the 40th team. That was like the worst team in the league. (laughs) And we played games and we played games and we played games. And back then you played the first one to three, not, yeah, you didn't have turns. And um, it was pretty nuts playing. Some games would last 35 minutes. Some would last four hours because you go back and forth <laughs> and back and forth. But it was a lot of fun. We kept stats on pieces of paper. We figured out that every little square was about almost four yards. So anytime a guy ran three spaces, we wrote down 12 yards for this guy. And we kept stats for players and everything else. And you it, drew pictures and magazines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We... We uh, we drew pictures for the Bloodweiser Illustrated, and uh, you know made little articles up and all that fun stuff. And then, then later I got into all those other role playing games, and then it finally bled into some playing some Magic and, like you said, some Pokemon card game. And wanted to play other miniature games, but I just one I couldn't afford a whole lot of them. Right. That, that was what was awesome about Blood Bowl. As expensive as it seemed to buy a sixteen man team, because that's how teams used to come it still was cheaper than playing all those other games with all the other miniatures. And then, then I got out of magic and into hero clicks and that's how me and you met. And then over the years I started dabbling into some board gaming and really love board gaming now too. So that's where I'm at in life, but I still love blood bowl because once I introduced it to you, we had what we started off with a group about, Six to eight people? I six, think six. I think it was six. And then it grew to eight people. And then up to 14 people and down to 10 and up to 12. It just varies. Yeah. It's, it's our home league. It's very much just friends of ours that play. Yeah, we don't advertise it to people. We don't. And we're on our 10th season right now. We are on our 10th season of our league. And it's it. most of the games are played in my kitchen. Or the right now, first yeah. half of the... The history of the league was played over at Steve's house when he used to live by himself. Right. Because we'd always go over to his bachelor pad and play. And um, so then uh, we just don't take anybody into our league. You have to know <laughs> us. You have to get to know us. And then we'll ask you if you want to play Blood Bowl with us. Right. So. And speaking of Steve no longer living by himself, uh, Scott and I are now roommates after certain life changes. Uh, we you mean blessings? I was going to say we're married now. I was going to make a joke. but Oh. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to get into. I thought you were going to talk the... about my uh, divorce as a, a blessing. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> but Scott needed a roommate. Uh, my dad decided to sell the house that I was living in, so now yep. we're roommates. And it all happened within about two weeks. So it all it was it really kind of was a blessing in disguise for both of us as the timing. Yeah. Praise Nuffle. Praise Nuffle. So I guess I rolled some double sixes instead of double ones. <laughs> and I rolled one re-roll one. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it happens. Um, so we played the home league, and I guess it would have been five and a half years ago 
that we started. I started listening to a podcast called Slipcast because the job that I had, I could listen to a ton of podcasts. And I was like, you know, I wonder if there's a Blood Bowl podcast. I just happened to see it on Talk Fantasy Football or something. And listened to it, really enjoyed it, sought out other ones. So listened to Tackle Zone, listened to Three Die Block, got you listening. Mm-hmm. And as we listened, Zwipcast, they're based in, well, one of them is based in Chicago. And they were running the Chaos Cup, which is the major for North America. Well, the United States, there's, no, there's also the spike. but Right up in Canada. No, I remember that. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, Blood Bowl has introduced me to podcasts because before I had plenty of time to listen to stuff at work or whatever, but just didn't even think right. about it. And you told me about these and I was like, oh, I was in. And at the time I shared an office with a guy who also discovered podcasts, but he was into video games. So we had alternate listening to a Blood Bowl podcast and a video game podcast throughout the day. So it was pretty awesome. So after listening to them for a while and hearing about the Chaos Cup, we decided that, I don't know, what was the impetus of it? Just really, we <laughs> decided we were annoying enough that we wanted to tell people about Fluff. No, I mean, well, I mean, first we had to go to Chaos Cup. So yes, but we, we had started the idea, listening to We had it. the idea for the podcast before then, though. We did, but what got us to go to Chaos Cup was, is I remember looking you know, throughout the internet and them giving away star players for the Chaos All-Stars yes, as a participation true. prize. If you went to Chaos Cup, you got a, a model. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the coolest thing because they all look like second edition models. They're based off the Chaos All-Stars from the based Fluff. Based off from the Fluff. Um, so when we kind of finally decided, like, well, this is going to be a lot of money to us, but we ought to travel up there. And at the time I was married, and I couldn't believe my my wife at the time went for it. And... We saved up. We went. And, and we're I, both Cubs fans, so it was like, we get to go to Chicago. Yeah, we get, we get to, to see go Cubs see game. a Cubs game and play in a Blood Bowl tournament. Exactly. Sounds like a win-win-win. And more than anything, I was so happy to get whatever that release was that year to get, which was Spider-Smith, I believe. It was Spider-Smith, yeah. I was so happy to get that model. I thought, no matter what this trip is, I'm going to get that model. And Yeah. I sure wish I could find the other ones. And <laughs> I thought they were like one of the Holy Grail items. and. Well, they kind of were at the time. Yeah. Well, they were they were hard to get a hold of, and you know, over Still time, I, over time, I got them all. So I'm pretty happy about that. Exactly. Or almost all of them. Um, but then it was just what was it just us talking? I guess on the way back from Chicago, where we really like we finalized that we were go- we we had the idea that we kind of wanted to do it, but we didn't know for sure. And then going to play in the tournament and having a blast because we'd never played in a tournament before that was the weird thing there's no tournaments around here so for us to play in our first tournament we had around here if you don't know is oklahoma we're from more oklahoma more oklahoma city area yeah you'll you'll hear about it if you ever watch the news when they talk about tornadoes (laughs) let's not jinx it again (laughs) but uh yeah so there were no tournaments or anything around here so that was the first one we ever went to was up in chicago and then we thought about, on the way back, you know, what should we focus on for our podcast? Because we already had a Slipcast, who was very... At the time, there were tournaments. Very much tournament talk. Yeah, a little bit and, of comedy. And go- comedy and goofy. And fun. I mean, that's what we enjoyed, was the goofiness. Mm-hmm. It was 
also interesting to hear about all these people on the podcast and then go and meet them. Right. And it was like, oh, that's so super cool. And uh, now we're just like, yeah, it's just that. Oh, I remember. I played Extreme <laughs> that first tournament. Like, yeah. I think it was my second game or it was my first win at Chaos Cup. And I was just like, I was in awe that I, like, one, I played him. And two, that I've, he managed to roll bad enough for me to beat him. Exactly. And I was just like, oh. And then he gave me this. After playing, he that's when he used to give away those little poker chips that mm-hmm. said, I played extreme. And I thought that was the coolest item ever. It was. And so they had that covered. Uh, tactile, I think Tackle Zone was still going on in Australia. Mm, I think they were ended? They were pretty much ended by then so or they, on hiatus. They and Three Die Block very much had tactics, tactics. down. Mm-hmm. And I was a new player. You know, we'd never played in tournaments before. So us talking about tactics really didn't seem like a plan. So well, we we bonded. Our our tactics. We should uh, emphasize that our tactics. We thought we're we're fine in our our little home league, our yeah. little local league. Uh, we're kind of the two of the bigger fish of the league, but we know ourselves that we aren't that great. Amongst other people. And we exactly. also play in a league that does random skills, which if you're hearing for the first time, you're going to think that's really crazy. And you can go back to older episodes or future episodes when we continue to talk about random skills. And we guarantee if you're thinking about starting a league, if you have full control over it, random skills, so much fun. Oh, yeah. So much better. Yeah. But uh, – so as we're coming back from Chaos Cup and we're deciding that we're going to do a podcast and everything else is kind of taken, we knew we needed to have a niche. And we thought back to what we really loved about Blood Bowl. It's a great game. It's a ton of fun to play. But really, looking in the books, reading the fluff, seeing the pictures, and making a universe. Because it's not just a game to us. I I tell everybody that... This is a sports role-playing game. Exactly. I love Blood Bowl. I love to play you. But if you just have like a, a goofy name for your maybe your team name and you don't have your player's name, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to enjoy it as much right. as if you like care about your players, took your time to name your, your players, and maybe have a name that fits the setting of that Warhammer old world style universe. Exactly. And even when I introduced Steve and the guys to Blood Bowl, I said, we should start a league. I said, but we're not going to have goofy team names, and I need you guys to really name your players and think about stuff. Have a reason why this team's together, because it just makes it so much more interesting. And at first, there was a few guys who didn't buy into that, and then after a while, they got really into it, too. And we treat this pretty much like a role-playing game. We... At times, we'll have like maybe an open tackle, you know, an open blitz action with a certain player, and we're like, that guy's not good enough to do that. <laughs> or you I have know- a certain quarterback who's supposed to be really good on your team, and you're like, he's just going to screw me over again. Dang it, he yeah. screwed me over again. Exactly. Every time. And it just seems like some players are really good, no matter what their skills are. Mm-hmm. Again, once again, we do random skills. So we have some players with goofy random skills. But they're like great, great players and really reliable. Then you have other guys with great skills and they'll fail their dodge twice in a row. Exactly. Because they're not good players. One of my first teams, well, 
honestly, my first team was called the Campbell Claymores after my last name, and they were a Norse team. Well, I have I had two Orfor owners, obviously. One was Yogi Bearson, and then the other one was Boo Boo. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I called him Bobo though. So, but Bobo was horrible. He even got like better skills than Yogi, but I could never trust him to do anything. <laughs> he would he would get double skulls. He would screw something up. So yes, the role playing aspect and all of that is really what we love. So we decided to base our podcast mainly on fluff. Right. We thought it'd be fun to talk about the old stories. To we noticed when we went to the tournament that we played a lot of teams where a lot of guys were passionate about their teams. They came up with cool names, cool player names, but there were some guys who just didn't care at all. Right. And playing in our league, we also realized that there's some guys who just don't have that in them or they need to be just nudged in the right direction. So we thought, this is our niche. Yeah. And so we used that, based our podcast on it, and as we've gone, we have started to run our own tournaments. So we've been doing that for five years as well, almost. Well, yeah, over. I mean, uh, yeah, the podcast is just just right before we started running tournaments. So. Exactly. So with that, our tournament scene has really grown. We've been covering that a lot more lately in the podcasts. And that's really a breakdown of us. Yeah, I mean... Uh, to speak about the tournaments in the area, as we stated before we started, there were none. There was like one in Dallas the year before. There was one that was scheduled. Yeah, it was called Bugman's Bowl, and yeah. it was a year before we started. And we we found we, out about it afterwards, right? And then um, we scheduled our tournament, and we got some of those guys to travel up, mm-hmm. and some guys from other area leagues. Um, then we our first tournament went off really good. Yeah, and then we decided, well, let's continue doing this. So we did a. Nuffleween, which if you listen to the last episode, you'll hear the results of that. But that started, and then it just kind of snowballed from there where we we had so much fun doing it. And it's grown and grown and grown and grown to a point where last year at Oklahoma Bowl, we had 40 people. Right. And we had like 46 signed up. But Right. So it's a, it's pretty amazing kind of where this community comes. And now... We we have now, now in this area. There's what nine tournaments this last year. Now we have the Southern Central Amorical Regional Series, which is an NAF regional series, and we had a, eight official ones last year, and one that was at a, a convention that was a week before a different one. So that oh, didn't, that's right. It didn't work in the timeline, but we had eight official ones and seventy one different players in the in scars last year. That's amazing. And based on how much interest things have gotten this year, looks to be a lot more. Because we have Winter War coming up in February in Austin, which is in Texas. And then you've decided to run one in uh, a Wizard Asylum in January. Right. Uh, since Blood Bowl has been reintroduced to so many new people, um, the store asked me to maybe run some type of little introduction tournament mm-hmm. before we do Oklahoma Bowl just so we can get those new players out there, let them try it out, and then try to get them hooked in for the right. long haul. And we're also starting a store league for the first time as well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Should be. 
We just did a demo day and had uh, almost 10 people come out and learn the game. Yeah, it was shocking to see how many people came out. We, and we really thought we'd sit there for four hours, do nothing. We and really we did. didn't leave until we were there five and a half hours. We were supposed to only be there from noon to four. We right. Like 530. And it was awesome. It was awesome and very tiring. It was. Surprisingly, we had to be actually engaged with people. So, since the store requested it, it's a very simple, but I think it's going to be a really fun tournament. So. Is it up on the NAF yet? It is up on the, the NAF. Oh, yeah. You, and, got, you got it in right under the timeline, didn't you? Yes. Okay, I got good. it the day before, so you better... Yeah, I'll get the updated. <laughs> um, let's talk about the NAF really quick. Since there's hopefully a lot of new listeners listening to this Absolutely. for the first time, uh, the NAF is the governing governing body of Blood Bowl. Unofficial, we should state, because they are not affiliated with GW. However, they have been given tangential blessing by GW, I guess. Well, however you want to look at it, for the past they're, they're nearly 15 years, yeah, maybe. Probably longer. They've been around, uh, they have a ranking system, so if you are a member and you go to an NAF-sponsored event, like if you play Dwarves, they'll keep your record for you, tells right. you how many touchdowns you scored, how many touchdowns you gave up, and you can kind of see your ranking. Some guys care a lot about their rankings because you can also judge those amongst players in the world or just in, like, your country. Mm-hmm. And the NAF is the Nuffle Amorical Football Organization, right? Um, which is based off the fluff. I really like I really like the NAF. Um, quite honestly, I don't know how many tournaments I would play that aren't NAF associated. You know, sponsored. If they're not sponsored, it's kind of like a little, little less of a reason to go. And this is not that I care so much about my ranking, right? But I care about my ranking. Meaning, you care about stats. I love to be in the system. I love to see my stats. I like to see, mm-hmm. like, oh, I played the dwarf team in that tournament, and I played a dwarf team in there, and I had a really bad tournament there, but I had a great tournament here. And just look at the the ranking. Actually, is the extra part. You know, like if you right. do do well, you can kind of go and go like, ha ha, I'm the fifth best halfling coach in the United States, or whatever right. it is. Yeah, you know. But I just enjoy them keeping records of, like, every tournament I've been to. So that is a big deal to me. Right. Um, if you don't know, to register for the NAF, it's $5 in person or $10 online. It's pretty cool. You get a gift of some cool dice and usually, like, a little marker, like a turn marker or a re-roll marker. Mm-hmm. It's well worth it. Uh, I recommend that if you haven't done that, done it yet, go out there and do it, especially if you're going to go play in some Blood Bowl tournaments. Because for the most part, at least the old school community is all going to be NAF sanctioned tournaments. Yeah. While I know there's a new crop of you people out there who are playing Blood Bowl for the first time and you're really anxious to start playing, and you might not know about the NAF. So reach out if you can. I mean, it's. One of the best things the NAF does is it really allows people to connect and promote tournaments. Well, I mean, for example, there was a guy named Mike Rushby who – was he from Scotland? England? Yeah, he was in England, but he's from Scotland. Okay. So he was traveling over here to the United States, and he just happened to be working in Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, he went to the NAF, saw that there was a tournament scheduled during that time, and he played a tournament. So we got to meet somebody. and. Right. 
he got that connection just by going to the NAF. So it's a nice place to, you know, advertise your tournament and let's, people can check it out. Most people post their tournaments on there. Uh, most, it seems like more people talk at Talk Fantasy Football, but most people put the tournaments on the NEF. Well, they have to if you want to be NAF ranked. So. Right, that's true. So I think that's a good introduction to who we are, what we are doing, and why. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So I think we'll just go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back and give you kind of a breakdown of the history of Blood Bowl. So if you're always just getting into it, or if you're curious, we'll start at the beginning and go through every edition and some of the <laughs> peripherals and stuff, and kind of just give a quick breakdown. I'm not going to go too in-depth. All right. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Both Down is brought to you by Wizards Asylum, your premier source for comics and games in Norman, Oklahoma. Check them out online at their new home, wizardsnorman.com. All right, we're back. We're going to look at all these different editions of Blood Bowl. So whether you're playing this for the first time and you are enjoying your what are they calling this? Blood Bowl 2016? Blood Bowl 2016. Edition, or you might hear some people call these the 7th edition rules. Six. Six? Mm-hmm. I thought we already had the living rule book six. We edition. had living rule book six, but if you're going by figure releases, this is six. Okay. So we're going to hopefully And that's why everything's up. a little bit confusing. So, so. we're going to hopefully just walk over all this and clear up maybe any confusion. If you're asking questions for the first time, or if maybe you're an old-time Blood Bowl player, and by old time, you might have played, your first edition might have been third edition. Right. Which would still mean that you've been playing this for 20-plus years. Yeah. Long time. Pretty awesome. But we'll go ahead, and if you have any further questions, just let us know. Or if we got something wrong, let us know. That tends to happen, too. (laughs) Not us. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) So the first edition of Blood Bowl actually came out 30 years ago, 1986. It was a cardboard pitch that came in a jigsaw form, so you actually had to put it together. But it had a different number of squares. Hmm. Remember that? No. I think it was meant to look. I think it was a one square shorter or longer. Well, I, I forget. Honestly, I never owned this. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't own this or know anything about it. Okay. Well, I, I own it, but I didn't go look. Uh, it came up with st- cardboard stand-ups instead of miniatures. So you had a whole bunch of different teams, and they were just cardboard punch-outs that had nice, art, you know, goofy-looking art on both sides. And well, I remember they were really cool. seeing that at a um, flea market, and when I saw that there was cardboard teams in there, yeah. I wanted nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> I was like, well, I got second edition. I don't need this. This is crazy. That's true. And really, there's no reason to. It's just kind of a fun thing to have. Uh, There was a brown box that came out first, and apparently there was some issues with dwarves having too much strength and were broken. (laughs) Some people would argue that they still are to this day. (laughs) They may be. So it was reissued with a red box. Both of those are first edition, and the red one obviously had the corrected rules. Okay. And then not long after that... A name that should be familiar to anybody with the new stuff, Death Zone, came out in 1987. I see it had more cardboard pieces. That it did. More teams. 
Yeah. Had new rules, new team stats, and it introduced some concepts that we still have today, which are the interceptions, stripping the ball, jumping over players. Although back then, I think everybody could jump over players. Mm-hmm. Now it's just certain people. Right. Uh, that you had pitch invasions, magic spells, and league play. Hmm. So that's actually when league play got started. Which seems to be a common thing. Mm-hmm. So. Even nowadays. Mirroring today. Correct. All right. And also mirroring it, the first expansion team to come out, if you want to call it that, was Skaven in White Dwarf 86 in, 80, <laughs> in February of 87. Now, and, I, got, I got to admit, if I was playing, I'd have been so happy to get my White Dwarf. and Oh, there's a Skaven team in here. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and if you're wondering how a whole team fit in a magazine, they were again cardboard punch outs. So they're really, people should take those to tournaments and just say they're their official GW product. <laughs> Try to get, get away with that at Warhammer World. That would, that, God, that would be hilarious. How though. would they say no? You're right. They're official. That would be so funny. Do you think that's why the Skaven team was the first release of the 2016 extra teams? Or is that just... It's, this is something that we'll probably go into more detail when we do our next podcast, because we have a lot of opinions about the fluff. If it is the reason, nobody has mentioned it. Hmm. And if you're not going to mention it, then why do it? I don't know. I was, so, just, I was just trying to connect the dots. I could be. But if it is, we need to get more information. and We'll talk more about that sure. next time. So with the first edition out in 86... It didn't take long before, I guess it was popular enough that a second edition came out in 88. And this is when I came in. And so, um, Did you buy it in 88? Or? I actually never personally owned a copy of Blood Bowl second edition. Right, so Gary did. So Gary bought it. I believe it was in 88. That would be eighth. That'd be ninth grade. Yeah. Okay. So it was... Somewhere around then. Maybe not quite. Eh. Almost had to be. Okay. If I, my memory is right. Uh, 88. Um, you know, like like I said earlier in the podcast, it had the Astro Granite pitch. And that was a big deal in the fluff. You know, like, because they were, they were doing a playoff, the um, Astro Turf that was in uh, NFL football. So that was cool. We thought the... And that was a cardboard. Not It wasn't a cardboard. It was no. a styrofoam field was, that came in three... Three, three chunks, chunks that you would kind yeah. of put it together. You had your two end pieces and your middle piece that had the skull with the two Bs in it for Blood mm-hmm. Bowl. We thought that was amazing. We just thought <laughs> nothing could beat this. It was incredible. A lot of people still love that field. I love that field. It's just a pain to play because the skull right there in the middle takes <laughs> up at least four squares. It's hard to kind of see. Some of the stones are a little uneven, so if your yeah. miniature's not balanced... And the squares are, they sure feel a little tiny compared to even the third edition board. Right. Um, but they, this introduced, uh, you know, you got plastic miniatures. So you got a whole bunch of humans and a whole bunch of orcs. And they all were one pose. And I think they were blue and red. I'm not 100% sure on that. Sounds right. But I can tell you, we played every team with these miniatures. <laughs> And we just utilized putting the number on there. And if you had, if you played a chaos pack team, you go, well, who's number 11? Well, he's my goblin. 
Yeah. And we had to, we got in the habit of just checking numbers and looking across the field. I mean, and that's a great thing to, if you are just getting into the game, do whatever you want. It's just you. As long as you're not in a league or at a tournament where people might have an issue with it, you know, if you want to play a Skaven team or a vampire team, just use whatever models you want, number them, and you can play. So, I mean... Or color the bases, because right. that's where that came from. Yeah, they had the little clip-on like rings that would go around the bases. Um, the fluff in this thing, and I'm sure it was there in the first edition, but the fluff is what just pulled us in. I don't think it was as prevalent in the first edition. It was just incredible, especially for kids who were... You know, still discovering like how fun NFL and college football was. It was just, I don't know, it just blew us away. And all the th- simple things like the dark side Cowboys when Robert is a Dallas Cowboy fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you have, you know, Lawrence Taylor in real life playing for the New York Giants. And you have this team called the Dwarf Giants. And just all these things just blew us away. So we're totally enwrapped in this second edition phase of this. Um, now, according to your list here, this shows that Dungeon Bowl came out next. Is that correct? Yeah. In the timing? I got all of this information from BoardGameGeek.com. Okay. Well, so everything should be accurate because if not, people would throw a fit and change it. <laughs> well, they probably would. Where we bought our stuff, we did not see Dungeon Bowl second. We actually saw the Star Players book. But I'm going to go in chronological order here. But they both released in 89. So they might have released at the same time, and this might just be alphabetical order. Oh, okay. And Dungeon Bowl is one of the harder things to find, so the store might not have got it. Or it might not have made it over to the U.S. or something. Okay. Well, I'm going to go then with the Star Player book. Okay. Because not too long after playing second edition, the Star Player book came out. That's the yellow book with the guy coming out of the front of the cover. Mm Mm-hmm. It expanded the rules for 13 races. Uh, we had star players now, which were just incredible, we thought, at the time. Uh, it had rules for like mixed race teams, like your Chaos Pact, or you could make other uh, mixed teams up. I mean, mm-hmm. it had those rules in there. Yeah, they had alignments, and you can just pick certain things right. from alignments. And then uh, big guys showed up for the first time. You know, It's weird to think. I mean, in the, I know in the first box they had ogres and stuff. But I guess they just weren't seen as big guys. They were just players. Players, yeah. Well, I mean, and in second edition, an ogre or a tree man or a troll or a minotaur, they took the place of two players, not only on your roster, but on the field. Okay. So when you placed an ogre on the field, you could only have a maximum of 10 guys on the field. Mm -hmm. So teams like um, the Oldheim Ogres with six ogres, if you placed five of those ogres out there, you had one other player. Yeah. That was it. So this kind of changed them from a large creature to a big guy. So they just took up one roster spot. And, and they were fairly dominant. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and Megatrades <laughs> came around. Um, So that's when the Star Player book came out. Um, We do remember getting... um, When we got this, we were like weeks into our season. And then we went ahead and... We thought everybody got skills because that's what the Star Player book told us. And they talked about a book called The Star Player you know, Companion, Yeah, but it wasn't out yet. Dungeon Bowl. Uh, Dungeon Bowl also came out in 89. I remember getting this for Christmas. 
This was a gift from Santa. Wow. Still getting <laughs> Santa gifts at 10th grade? Uh, my dad had ruled the house. He loves buying presents for people. And if as long as you believe in Santa, you get something from Santa. Believe it or not, okay. I'm 42, and when I see him this Christmas over at my grandma's house, he's going to hand me a grocery sack full of stuff that he is going to call my stocking stuffers that Santa left. And he's going to give me a box, a bag of stuff, and my t- two children's stuff. It's happened every year. I will probably get a phone call. Right. Well, Maybe. See, you're lucky that some of this rubbed off on me because <laughs> you benefit from Santa visiting the house, too, since, since you started living with me. I do indeed. <laughs> so you Santa, can think my craziness of my father. Santa has been very kind. <laughs> yeah, Santa doesn't have a lot of money, but he's trying. Um, but Dungeon Bowl Dungeon Bowl is a Santa gift, and it was awesome. But it's not really... I don't know if it's really an expansion of Blood Bowl. Rather than it's just another game. No, we took it as it's a separate... Well, they they talked about the Colleges of Magic. So Dungeon Bowl introduced the Colleges of Magic. So we naturally thought, this is college football. Exactly, yeah. And we're going to play leagues, and then the good players are going to get drafted to Blood Bowl. I Mm -hmm. mean, we were ready to get all into it. And then, of course, Dungeon Bowl is so vastly different. Yeah, and if you're not familiar, Dungeon Bowl is, as it sounds, played in a dungeon... So it has walls and pits and teleporters. There's even some rules for some monsters to wander around eventually at one and point. And the point is there are, dun- there are chests in the dungeon, the ball's in one of them, and the other ones have traps. So you got to yeah, go every in. every one of them's trapped except for one. You got to go in, you got to open up potentially dangerous chests, and then grab the ball and run. So... When Dungeon Bowl came out, like I said, we were planning on doing another league. Um, second edition Blood Bowl, I should say, is you didn't t- you didn't take turns. It was just like I said earlier, first one to three wins. So your matchups were three nothing, three one, three to two. You know, there was no ties. But you still took turns. It just didn't. matter. You took turns, okay. but it didn't yeah. matter until that you scored three touchdowns is when the game ended. Right. Dungeon Bowl was so different because we didn't appreciated or enjoyed as much it had the cool teleporters it had the cool doors you could shut it had the traps but we didn't like it that it was the first one to score wins yeah and that kind of killed the fun for us we still tried to make a league we still played around with it it's really hard More to make than... a league out of it it really feels like just one-off games yeah and that's part of the reason you probably didn't like it is it's like okay it's cool but it's not really blood bowl it's just another game right um but we we tried, and more than anything, I got two new teams. I got a team of all elves. Yeah. They were orange, all in one pose. And then you got a team of all dwarves, all one pose. They were yellow. So now we had options when we played our league because I got this early enough that when it was time for me to play my dwarf giants, I just got those out and set them up. And yeah. I had a dwarf team finally. So. And four different color plastic different posed miniatures you can make combo teams right that's cool now the first christmas with the blood bowl santa brought me a skaven team so this was the second Second edition team yeah yeah so that's pretty awesome i'm sorry i got a dwarf team for no 
I got one from my grandparents, surprisingly, and one from Santa Claus. Hmm. So I got a dwarf team and a Skaven team. Anyways, um, anyways, Dungeon Bowl was pretty fun at the time, but more than anything, we were just happy to get the, the right. little models. So talking about the metal models, the first edition, there was some metal models, not a whole lot, but just like one of each race came out. Wasn't it one pose? Because you've right. collected was, those over the years, right? For most of them, it's just one pose, like the Skaven or the Goblin. But dwarves had two, orcs had two, humans had two. There was two different positions. There was a blocker and a lineman, I think. Okay. So, first edition miniatures, nothing to write home about. Really hard to make teams out of because it's just the one pose. Second edition, that's when they started putting out metal teams. And the positions were a lot different. Yeah. Than what people know today. Like a human team had human blockers, human blitzers, human linemen, human catchers, and human throwers. And, and even kickers. human kickers. Yeah. And most teams had all those positions. Same with the dwarves and the orcs. Right. And, yeah. There wasn't as many teams back then, but they had a lot more different positions. Right. Like dwarves didn't have catchers, but they also didn't have runners. So mm-hmm. your best positional there was you know, your thrower or your your blitzer. Yeah. And those all came in blister packs and stuff. Right. So the next year, in 1990, the Blood Bowl Companion book comes out. And this was the red one that you were referencing before. All right. This one came and introduced magic spells to us. Um, kicking. So you could score half points because they wanted to include kicking. Oh, okay. It had, um, you know, the referee rules, why the cheerleaders are there, the fans. Rerolls, uh, weather. Magic items, the new balls, the more secret weapons. Um, it had more like league stuff where you actually earn star player points. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before journeymen, which we have now, which are those players that can't wait to play. There was a thing called make weights. They were like crappy linemen. They had like, it was your lineman positional. They would play for free, but they had one less agility. So they were just, which isn't that big a deal, except it really screws elf teams. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, there was, if I remember correctly, this is when they introduced the four down system. They tried to actually, and I'd have to go back and read it, but there was a time where you would set up at the line of scrimmage and you had four plays to score a touchdown. And then it would go back to the other guy to score four plays to score a touchdown. Huh. And you would set up an offensive line and it was four downs or nothing. And the defense... And this is probably where we get the from our kickoff table. Had one chance to go first, and at any point, whether it's first down, second down, third down, or fourth down, you could say blitz, and the defense would go first, which was almost always an automatic sack. Makes um, sense. I don't know if the people realized that I played with that I never blitzed until it was fourth down <laughs> because I just saved it because right. it was almost a guaranteed stop. Anyways, it's like holding on to a wizard to zap somebody until exactly they're wide open. So it really changed this rugby style football to this more the North American football style to more North American. At first, we really kind of liked it. And then after a few games, it was so slow that we did not like it. Yeah. But 
even there, it kind of shows they were trying to change how things were going. Correct. And they changed a little too much when it came to Crunch in 1991. This blew us away. This is also not a real Blood Bowl expansion. It's kind of a standalone game using Blood Bowl universe. This is when Games Workshop was making a ton of games with other other things of their products, Space Marines or whatever. And it was just like a simple game in a box. Yeah. And the most popular one, I think, was Orcs, Orcs, Orcs. Orcs, Orcs, Orcs? Was that a real thing? Yeah. I really don't. I couldn't okay. tell you some of the other ones. I just know they were out there. I could, if you showed me the cover boxes, I'd go, oh, yeah, I remember that, or I mm-hmm. remember this. I, I remember wanting some, and I wanted Crunch at the time, but I wanted it because it came with models. And it looks cool in the box. It does until you play it. And if you want to know what that's like, <laughs> go back in our catalog of podcast episodes when we play one live. And. It is one of our odder episodes, but it's one of the more fun for us to go back and listen to because it's us explaining this incredibly weird game to our buddy Alan, whose brain just works differently. <laughs> so when he, it just kind of blew his mind, the whole thing. All right. Um, as we stated, it's a very simplified version. It has the same cardboard pitch as the first edition. And same figures you would have got in the box from the second edition. But, I mean, this, that's it. Yeah, this was at a time where, like, I really wanted to... I remember wanting to ask for this for Christmas at the time. But I, my friends at the time were... We were back into role-playing, so yeah. I knew they wouldn't play it. And kept looking at it, and the field was different. And It's so weird. In hindsight, I'm probably glad I didn't get it because I wouldn't have done anything with it. I bought it off eBay, and it was just cool to have. And then we played it, and we're like, okay, we're never playing it's this It's one again. of those items where I'm glad now that I got to play a game, but I don't really need it. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. So that was 91. I don't know if it just kind of things slowed down or everything was going well enough that they didn't need another edition, but they didn't have a new one until 94. That was third edition. Right. And I, I remember seeing this at the store for the first time, and I believe it was Gary who bought this one too. Because okay. I, I didn't buy this. Um, he bought this. Now I might have bought the Death Zone book, which we'll get to in a second. But this changed everything once again. And again, it's they probably came out the same way uh, as this release and the first release. The third edition and Death Zone both probably came out at the same time. But we'll just talk about the third edition for right now. We'll get into the Death Zone in a moment. So this this edition came out, and once again we had orcs and humans. But this time, what was amazing is they had different positions. Yeah. So you got to see black orc blockers and blitzers, and they were all plastic again, but they came on a sprue. And yeah, it was amazing though. I mean, we were so happy for it. And then I remember us opening up and started reading the rules. And first thing we were like, "What are these weird dice?" Why do they have explosions on it and these little arrows? This looks like something from Warhammer. Right. This is the first introduction of block dice. It's like, we don't want to be a part of this. Where's the blocking chart? Because we had all these little charts memorized in our head. Mm-hmm. You know, you compare strengths. You add plus one or plus two, whatever the difference was. And we knew everything. And now they had turnovers. 
you mean if I don't pick up the ball, my turn's over? It was really frustrating at first. It changed the game into the edition we know now, with just minor changes from then to, to now. But it only had six teams in the rules. As he stated, the game was now played in halves of eight turns, so there was a time limit imposed. The turnover rule created basically changed it into a risk management game. Yeah, because, because second edition, you played with every one of your characters until they did something. Yeah. And this, I think you did not. That's one of the first things I tell new people when they're starting, is that this is mostly a risk management game. Everything else is superfluous. And also, each player can take an action in a turn unless something bad happens. And then it's over. So the Death Zone introduced uh, six new teams, including League Rules, Star Players. Uh, once again, we got Magic Items, Random Events, Dirty Trick Cards. Um, there was stuff like, you know, the Wizard. It had a little aiming target for his, like, Fireball and yeah. his Lightning Bolt. And then he even had a, a Zap spell that would turn you into a frog. Still a lot of cool stuff, but we were... We, once again, we tried to start a league. We were actually successful with our 40-team, 16-game season league in second edition, but everything else after that we would start and never finish. Yeah. I, I remember showing this to some players. Uh, at the time, Robert worked over at a movie theater. So we held a lot of games up there in the where they had the projectors. So we'd have all these projectors going on. Which theater? And we, the one over there at Heritage Park Mall. Oh, okay. Or not Heritage Park Mall, but Heritage 5. Yeah. Which was a big theater back then, you know. I saw uh, Three Amigos there. Oh. And the film broke. Well, we played a lot of Blood Bowl up there. Oh. <laughs> Some of the girls I went to high school with worked there. I mean, so we, we got to see free movies all the time. We go up and play Blood Bowl while, the, <laughs> while everything's spinning around and everything. It was good times. Um we started the league with a couple guys that actually worked up there, and then we never finished the league. So, hmm. so that was 94. The next thing for Blood Bowl to come out was actually a PC game in 95. And I've never been able to get this to emulate properly because I'm not very good at emulators and stuff. So I've not really played it. I've seen it played, and I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Okay. <laughs> I played this a lot. So when I... It was about 96, I went back to college. And my first roommate was Gary, who also bought all these editions of Blood Bowl. I remember he picked up the Blood Bowl PC game, I think, for 10 bucks or somewhere. Somewhere discounted. It was a game where you hear a lot of those same sounds on Fumble, if you play Fumble online. Mm -hmm. That's where they got a lot of the sounds. But it was a game that I loved. But as people died, they didn't get replaced. So if you killed somebody, you know, the, after you, you could buy players as you go, but eventually the bank of people would just be gone. And so like <laughs> your league would get worse and worse and worse as you played seasons after seasons after seasons. I can't tell me, tell you how many seasons I won with the dwarf giants, just smashing people and killing people. And yeah, it, it was not great, but I, my memories of it was, it was really fun. Hmm. But I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was from an overhead view. You're looking straight down. You're looking at these little players. Kind of how Fumble is. Kind of, but you, I don't remember seeing the little whole figure of the player, like in Fumble. Yeah. 
this was from over the top. So you got to see their little feet kind of move over their heads and stuff like that. And like Hmm. when they fouled, you could see him like jump over on the player. And if they hurt him, a little blood would squirt out from the guy. (laughs) It was, it is what it was. If I remember correctly, star players even died back then. So it's like, Oh, you know, you killed Griff or whatever. It was (laughs) good times. Good times. So again, that edition came out, and then it must not have done too horribly great. <laughs> no. Because nothing new came out uh, until 2000. where And that was just fourth edition rules. Not even a new set, just rules when they decided to put out a Blood Bowl magazine. So in the meantime, I'm sure they're doing Blood Bowl articles in White Dwarf. It probably got popular enough there that people were showing stuff. So they decided to do a magazine. Only lasted 12 issues, I believe. Yeah, see, I didn't pick up any of these because I didn't know about them until, like, issue 8. And then I couldn't find enough. And at the time, nobody was playing. So I was like, right. you know, why spend the money? So that had new rules. Uh, introduced the Amazon team, the Norse team, different things like that. Uh, it went on GW's website as a PDF including some rules corrections. So that was considered the fourth edition gold standard. And then uh, Citadel Journal 45 in 2001 stated that they were starting a creation of the Blood Bowl Rules Committee to meet each October and update rules into the Living Rulebook. And the Living Rulebook 1 came out in 2002. So was this a gold edition, the one that came with the... Was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of there were, the edition of Blood Bowl I bought was after 2000, and it included like it was a re-release, and it included like a yearbook, which was articles from White Dwarf. I think it was like a. I think the edition I bought was like in 2004 or 2003. Yeah, yeah I know there's a couple of yearbooks out there. I don't know how they relate. I think they were just culminating but, articles. Because it came with, I didn't have to buy Death Zone because it had the Death Zone book inside of it. Oh, okay. It had the, what, what they were calling the yearbook or whatever, which I think was the best articles from the Blood Bowl magazine, right. maybe. Yeah. Um, I remember I got that for my birthday. I remember, I think it was my mom wanted to buy me something and I had no clue on what, what I wanted. And I saw <laughs> that in the window and I was like, huh, it's been a while. You know, I've never had my own copy of Blood Bowl. Yeah. And so I got a copy of Blood Bowl finally, and I didn't play it or nothing. <laughs> so it, sad. I read the rules, enjoyed the fluff. Um, yeah, this doesn't really state when that version came out, but I know the version you're talking about. Right. Um, I want to say it was 2004. It almost had to be. 2004, something like that. Because we were yeah. into Heroclix at the time, um, and I know I was married. But I got that, and I decided to paint a team for some strange reason. I painted the orcs, and I thought I did an awesome job, even though they were only, like, three colors. Yeah. And then I remember me and Gary, we played a few just one-off games for the fun of it. And then at the time, I was buying D&D miniatures that were painted because they had their game out. Mm-hmm. And I was subbing those in to make undead teams. So I thought I was really awesome. I it worked. Yeah. This was the coolest thing ever. So if you're unfamiliar with Living Rulebook, it was, as said, created by the Blood Bowl Rules Committee. Jervis Johnson was part of it. He's the guy who created Blood Bowl. It's all his baby. 
Uh, they expanded the roster to include 21 teams. They changed how refs w- worked. They changed how the use of wizards. They introduced an aging concept, which eventually they got rid of. But now aging is sort of returned, more of a retirement thing in leagues. And they changed how they did handicaps or inducements. Mm-hmm. And all that, really, LRB 2, 3, 4, 5, 5.1, 6, all that came out until 2010 when GW, I guess they took control of it again. They did something where they disbanded the rules committee. Not sure why. Not going to get into it. Um, but then GW put out the competitive rules pack. Which they stripped all the fluff out of right. what was the living rule book six at the time and just put the hardcore rules up there in their specialist games division. And then once that went away, then we had nothing. Right. And really... I hope they do that sort of again because I really, you know, we just got the new release. The CRP is a much better formatted rules packet because it contains all the rules, tells you how to play, tells you all the skills. It seems so much easier that way. It's probably just us being used to the old ways. Of course. And couple other things that got released in addition to the original PC game. There's the Blood Bowl video game by Cyanide that came in, out in 2009. And then Blood Bowl 2 came out in 2015. Which, I mean, if you look back, the Blood Bowl 1 video game was probably the reason they, one, pulled all, all these rule books back. Yeah. They changed the fluff. I'm sure. Or took the fluff out and just had plain rules because they didn't want to deal with anything mm-hmm. outside of them. And then. And the, the success of that probably directly led to this being re released because it showed that it was viable to people other than just us hardcore people. Well, and surprisingly, in 2011, we had a card game come out from Fantasy Flight. Yeah, Team Manager. Blood Bowl Team Manager, and it got two expansions, Sudden Death in 2013, I believe, and then Foul Play in 2014. Yeah, we ha- we interviewed the designer of that, or one of them. And one of the past episodes, yeah, Jay Little. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you talk to most people, they'll tell you that that's a pretty good card game. It's I mean, a lot of fun. It's way more fun than you think it should be. And it, the fluff is really fun, too. The fluff is really good. I mean... I think the teams that come out later are maybe a little more powerful than what Power comes in the, yeah. the basic set. But it's a really fun game. Uh, every now and then we break it out and play it. Not so much now that we've been headstrong back into Blood Bowl. But <laughs> right. when it does hit the table, everybody enjoys it. And exactly. It has a different version of the block dice in it and stuff like that. But really good thing. Um, and then, yeah, Blood Bowl 2 came out in 2015. So, and... I guess has been doing great. I haven't, I haven't played Blood Bowl two. You will shortly. You got a discount code. I know it was in my box. Yeah, and I need to do that while it's on sale. Exactly, <laughs> and get it really cheap. If, if only my computer can run it. Probably it, can. I think it can. If yours could, mine can. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the history of Blood Bowl from then till now, and future wise, I'm sure we'll get a couple more teams. 
Dwarves are coming for sure. Probably Nurgle. Yeah, I assume dwarves Nurgle for sure. Yeah, and elves. They would almost have to make an elf team if they're smart because they introduced four new elf teams in the latest Death Zone Season 1. And really, one elf team could be subbed in for any of the others. Easily. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff. I mean, we'll have more thoughts on uh, the re-release next episode. Absolutely. But, yeah, Blood Bowl's been around in some form for a long time. And if you're curious about the additions on the actual figures themselves, there's first edition, second edition came out when second edition did. Third edition, when that box set came out, they did metal figures for a lot of those teams. Okay. Fourth edition, those figures are specifically like Amazons and Lizards and... They were the additional teams that came out with the 4th edition rules that were created then. Okay. There was 5th edition, which that's when that newest box came out in 2003 or so. And they put out new human teams. They put out a new ogre team. They did a lot of star players and some big guys and stuff. And then that was the last thing that gw did for blood bowl up until this current release so that's why people in collecting circles will probably say that these figures this set is you know uh blood bowl six edition six edition right okay even though we had an lrb six it has nothing to do with the rules it's in the editions okay that makes sense yeah i was noticing people do that online and i was thinking about maybe correcting them or yeah but i guess there's no no use so either bb16 or you know six edition either way it works and if you have any extra figures now just just tell steve about them. he'll probably buy them from you maybe you never know <laughs> um i did find i got one of the unreleased trolls so i'm down to just him oh, and you jerk the others so you found one so you're getting it i it came in Oh. Uh, I have a lead on a coach. Do you really? He's going to have them all, and then he's going to be bored, and then he's going to sell them all, and then he's going to start over collecting something else. I've done that a couple times. Right. So the next time you hear Steve about a year from now, he might be doing like a Beanie Baby podcast, and he's like, I can get these things really cheap now. You joke. But nostalgia for those is going to go high soon. All these old parents want to buy them for their kids. There you go. You are joking, right? I am joking. Okay, good. But it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> if they come back, kudos to the people that held on to them. <laughs> exactly. You deserve it since that was such a money sink for no reason. <laughs> okay. Well, this is usually how we end episodes by going off into tangents that have nothing to do with anything. So if you're out there and you're listening for the first time, give us a rating over at iTunes. And we'll be sure to read any of the ratings. If you're in any country other than North America, I assume Canada is fine, Mexico. But We will read them if we can see them. The iTunes work differently. So if you do a comment... <laughs> the iTunes. A, well, it is the iTunes. <laughs> okay. It's on the internet. It makes That's you, what the iTunes do. It makes you sound like you're 60, though. Like but it is. On, on the internet, on, on the, the iTunes. the iTunes. And I went to the Walmart... The iTunes. To get you gotta my, the ham. It to be old. <laughs> okay. But if you do post a review, just take a screen capture and send it to us or let us know somehow, and we'll give you a shout-out. 
Yep. So um, we look forward to talking to all the new people and continue to uh, you know talk to us on Facebook or even Twitter. You can yeah catch us there. And we'll see you online. All right. Take care. You can follow Both Down on Twitter at Both Down. You can follow Scott at Fat Finley, F-A-T-F-I-N-L-E-Y, and Steve at Kilowog2814. If you want to know if your team name is Both Down Approved, send a tweet to at BD Approved. If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. Bloodweiser presents Real Goblins of Genius. Real Goblins of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Pogo Sticks Aren't a Secret Weapon. Mr. Pogo Sticks Aren't a Secret Weapon. You've successfully argued with the officials that if you ride it onto the field and they can see it, then it's not a secret. There's no rules against revealed weapons. While you win this small victory... The day is about to get much worse when the other team catches word. What's that rumbling I hear? Not to be outdone, your dwarven opponents have decided that their death roll is allowed and head straight for you. This wasn't part of my plan. So enjoy as we sit back, crack open a Bloodweiser, and watch as you bounce away for your life. And Hauser Butchery, St. Lewin's Misery.